Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship, and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit NelsonElderCareLaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. It's the Golf Show with Brian Katrick. He's been the talk of the course today with his huge drives. And Ali Dean. I really am running with him. It's early Sunday morning. The sun is coming up. I'm on the tee at 7. I'm here to try my luck. They say this game's a tough one, but I'll give it my best shot. Though the bunkers look like beaches and the greens like parking lots. Oh, Lord. Big match coming up. I'm going to be needing a caddy. What am I going to do? Why don't you try him a little left? And why don't you try back and not give me just a little room? Help me keep my head down. Save me from those double bogey blues. Golf requires goofy pants and a fat ass. You know, you don't deserve any credit hitting the ball with that swing of yours. Try to hit one with my swing. I'm catching on the ball, right? Moving my head. I'm laying it off. Well, that too. I'm pronating. When you're not shooting me, I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing fell like an unfolded lawn chair. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole. Save me from those double bogey blues. Which in this particular case means happy Sunday to you and happy Father's Day. It's the golf show on the fan, 680, 93.7 FM, and it is Sunday of U.S. Open Week. And I'm broadcasting live this morning with uh, coming to you from... Torrey Pines, San Diego, California, where the sun is not really up. Ollie Dean, Derek Thomas, back in our studios, the Battery in Atlanta, where apparently the sun hasn't been out, <laughs> but apparently it's up. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good morning. We're doing I, I've well. Been hearing, and I've been hearing that it's just been raining over there. Is that what's going on? Is it raining nonstop? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we're on the, the edge of a hurricane, tropical storm. But we, I got my, my golf in yesterday morning, if that's what you're concerned about. Don't worry about it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I uh, was concerned. Yeah, I woke up to Seattle the last two days. It has uh, been very depressing, very dreary. But uh, how are things in California? Exciting. Torrey Pines, how's the venue uh, treated you? Um, what's the energy level like out there as we uh, approach Championship Sunday at uh, Torrey Pines? Tell well, us about I've the marine very- level. Uh, the marine lair, Derek. Layer, they me. go the marine lair is what they call it. Uh, the marine lair may actually be a factor today. We had a uh, so we would call it fog. Uh, I think the rest of the world would call it fog. Not really sure why they don't call it fog because it's fog. Uh, but it, you know you do see it come in as you're sitting on the coast, so you can see the edge of it. You can see it roll in and uh, and. Where I'm staying is about three miles from the golf course, and it's on the other side of one of these, you know, some of these rolling mountains right here. So I can't see the ocean from here, and I can see that they're that they're under the fog right now because it's actually over here too. It's just bright enough to see that that's what's going on. Uh, but 
most of the week, when we had that uh, that 90-minute fog delay on Thursday, it was sunny here, three miles away. Perfectly sunny. You could play everything here. It's great. And right over there, three miles, and I'm looking that way, straight west from here, just on the other side of the little uh, of the little mountains. Uh, they couldn't because the fog comes over. There's, you know, I don't, it's, it's an atmospheric thing right there on the coast. All the pressure about the air being over the water be, versus being over the land. When it does roll in and sit in, it's it really is intending to just sit over the water, but it winds up sitting over the water plus about a thousand yards, and that's all you need. <laughs> to be over the golf course. So so it's weird. It doesn't make sense. We, we, no, it doesn't make sense. We had it on Thursday. We lost 90 minutes because of it. Uh, we had it on Friday, but it managed to stay off the coast. And I don't know if you've seen it, if you watched any of the golf yesterday, guys, where the uh, where the parasailers were. I mean, that, they're right on the coast. That 12th green, that 6th green, the 16th green, all those holes is seven. All those holes that go out toward the water, I mean, that's it. You They go right out to the edge. Then it's about 100 feet down to the beach, and, and that's that's the edge of the world right there. So so somehow, atmospherically, that's that's why we're getting what we're getting. Well, speaking of atmosphere, how's the atmosphere of the tournament? Obviously, U.S. Open last year played in September, little to no fans. What's the energy level been like out there this weekend or this week? It's been... It's been very good, Ollie, and you know I don't want to get political, all right? So, and it's just a shame that we can't have this conversation without somebody out there thinking this is political. Uh, but they uh, they opened this state to the COVID restrictions. They, they caught up with where most of the rest of the country is or all of the rest of the country is on Tuesday. So most of us arrived here on Sunday or Monday. And, and you arrive to, to California under, under one set of rules. Tuesday, they changed it. Now, I didn't get to see much on Monday. You, you're getting off the, off the plane, going through lines. You're, you're going through public transit areas anyway. And, uh, and, and just expect a set of conditions when you're going through all that. Tuesday... The, it was like these people had been let out of a room they had been in for a year and a half because a lot of them had been. Because <laughs> that's exactly what had happened. Uh, we had a team dinner in downtown Carlsbad on Wednesday night, and it was there was a band. Uh, it, the, these people had lost their ever-loving minds, and it was awesome to see. So great atmosphere, and in a lot of ways, because... Their restrictions, their state just opened up on Tuesday. The atmosphere, not only did their state just open up on Tuesday, but it had been more restrictive than most. The atmosphere is more festive. I'm saying this as a positive. Their atmosphere is more festive here than it probably would have been anywhere else. We didn't go really, we didn't really go through that in Georgia. You know, we didn't, we didn't have that to the, to the extent they did here. And we sure didn't have it for as long as they did here. So these folks have lost their minds. They are ready to watch some golf. They're ready to do some yelling and screaming. They're ready to be out amongst other people, and that's what we've seen, and it's been a whole lot of fun to be here. I'm very pleasantly surprised based on what my expectations were coming over here, and my expectations were based on the guys that came over here for for the Desert Classic. 
the guys that came over here for Pebble Beach, the guys that were here at Torrey Pines in January, uh, you were here at Riviera. I mean, Riviera was a dismal week. There was just, there was nobody, there was nothing. Uh, the folks that were here were talking about what what a real, real downer of a trip it was. The golf was fine, but, you know, just not nothing else was what you would look for it to be or what they were hoping it would be or even what they were expecting it to be. This week has been a very pleasant surprise from a fan standpoint. It seems to be that they're certainly enjoying it. Uh, let me phrase this correctly. As they, uh, as we've gotten later in the day, specifically yesterday, <laughs> the crowd seems to be a bit chippier. We Brooksy. would say, Brooksy. Uh, yeah, Did we you heard, hear we some Brooksies. We, we heard some Brooksies. Uh, yeah, so that's funny. We, we, Ollie and I, and and the rest of our audience, we get to watch the the TV broadcast while you're busy. Uh, there were a, a lot of Brooksies audible to, uh, as Bryson DeChambeau was playing. Um, I did hear one, Brian, Bryson actually uh, had to lay up from a bunker, which he rarely does, and uh, very quickly you heard out of the crowd, oh, uh, Brooksy wouldn't have laid up. Brooksy would have gone for it. Uh, and again, it seems that perhaps as we get later in the day, the uh, the crowd becomes a bit more boisterous for, for various reasons. I don't know if it's various reasons. I uh, think it's, it's maybe one reason. They're, get, they're getting hammered. They're getting hammered out there at San Diego. We get it, and, and, and God bless. That's fun, you know. It's that's what you do. You go to a sporting event outside. It's a nice day. You have a beer. That's that's perfectly fine for a lot of folks. Uh, am I? Do you see any incidents? Is it has is it is anyone taking it too far, or is it all just good natured ribbing? Uh, what what do you think about the fans' interaction with with the players this week? All right, so that's a deep question, Derek. I have heard, you know, we, we hear the yelling, but I, we can't always make it out, and maybe we need to do a better job letting some of those noises speak for themselves. I thought we did, but if we're not hearing those specific things, maybe we're just not covering all the shots in the manner that uh, that Bryson is. Now, again, the nature of what we do is we have to make some noise. We have to have some guys talking. We can't just sit there and let the ball go. Uh, because we're doing radio, so maybe we're missing some of that. But I have heard some of the scuttlebutt is, yeah, that it's great to have the fans back, but this is the first week that I'm starting to hear people push back and say, well, maybe not all of them. <laughs> so uh, maybe some of our guys are hearing what it is you're hearing, and, and, yeah, it can definitely go too far because that's the nature of golf, and we've had that debate for years. You know, this is this is an old this is an old golf discussion. Yeah, I think we can and, take it all the way back to 1962 when Jack wins the U.S. Open at Oakmont in the backyard of beloved Arnold Palmer, and you know fans are yelling "Fat Jack" and Jack's dad's threatening to you know take some people out literally to the parking lot. So, uh, you know, and by all accounts, people were like stamping the ground while Jack was trying to putt. So it, it seems a little more docile than 1962, and who cares because. You know, Bryson says it's a compliment anyway, so why are we worried about this? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, you know, Jack was... Uh... Easy. Never mind. Easy. Easy. <laughs> yeah, never, never mind. Come on, uh, So the, the debate in golf, and we've He's had so this on... We've had this on several several occasions in the past. I mean, it, it usually... It used to be about once a month. If somebody suggests, all right, let's have a tournament where nobody has to be quiet ever. Because, you know, if you're a fan of the other sports, you've got a big Game 7 with the Hawks tonight. Nobody's going to be quiet. There's going to be yelling and screaming, yet we expect these guys to perform at a high level. So can, can golfers 
play at a high level with the commotion? And I think the ultimate answer is yes, they can. Loud uh, noises! And, and yes, they could. The problem is, for whatever reason, decorum, tradition, uh, I'm not sure how we got here, but we got to the concept that we're going to keep everybody quiet and still. So there's the problem. If, if you've got 10,000 people there and 9,999 of them are quiet and still, and then one guy sneezes, it sounds like a plane just crashed behind you. Uh, and that's gigantic. That's actually something that the college arenas, I'm surprised they haven't tried that at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Uh, let the opposing team shoot a free throw and let everybody be completely silent until the moment the guy lets the ball go and then let one person say something dumb <laughs> in or goofy. See how effective that is because in golf it's it's catastrophic. You can't handle it. Uh, so, yes, we do always get the suggestion, what about let's have a tournament where we don't have to be quiet, we don't have to stand still, and let's see how these guys handle it. They handle that way when they're practicing. They play that way with their buddies. It's when they're warming up. So... You know, this this week is going to bring that conversation up again. Uh, I think some fans have gone too far. I think we're still suffering a little bit from the fallout from Memorial with, with Bryson and Brooks. I have, I have a stronger feeling that Brooks was at the very least spoken to, if not disciplined, for his encouragement of his fans via social media, uh, the ones that were, were calling Bryson Brooksy. Because, honestly, this is where we are today. You can talk about changing this game. And you can say that, that golfers need to be tougher. Okay, that's fine. But we got to go play the final round of a major, and that guy that they're heckling is two shots back. And I don't want to see the heckling have an impact on this. We can change this next week if you want, but we can't change it by today. So we got to cut it out because I want to see a good U.S. Open. And by all accounts, we're going to see a great U.S. Open. Uh, what a great leaderboard. And, and I agree with you. At the end of the day, you've got two events that I think encapsulate what you're talking about, that these players can perform under duress, let's say. 16th hole at TPC. Um, obviously, a carnival atmosphere. And this year, we've got one of the greatest events in all of sports coming up again, and that's the Ryder Cup. And if you think mm-hmm. you're going to hear Brooksy a couple of times on 17 or 18, when people may have been overserved. Uh, wait till the Europeans get a hold of uh, Bryson at the, the Ryder Cup. I think it might be 18-hole chorus of uh, Brooksy's up there. Yeah, I think you're right. And the Ryder Cup's another one that I point out for the other for another reason. We've seen this. Let's see. I, I remember seeing it at Medina, and I, I want to say the one before that, uh, which may have been uh, Glen Eagle. So I'm not. I, I don't remember anymore. But I've seen I've seen Bubba do it. I've seen Poulter do it. I've seen a couple other guys do it. But specifically Bubba and Poulter in the same group at Medina on the first tee. They're chanting and they're singing. The first tee scene at the Ryder Cup is, has become a real it's – be, it's become the party. It, it's 16 at, at Scottsdale, uh, and it, which is really weird because the Ryder Cup, until you get to Sunday, there's only four matches at a time. It's four matches in a session. So you're on that first tee. And in the alternate shots, you're going to see four tee shots. You're waiting there for hours to see four tee shots. And then uh, the other session, you're waiting there for hours to see eight tee shots out of four groups. But they, they still, they lose their minds. So Medina, Poulter, B- Bubba's standing there, and he gets introduced, and the crowd the crowd's going crazy, and they're singing, and they're jumping up and down. And then somebody tries to hush him, you know, the, hey, you forgot the homework guy. Uh, because he's still out there, and he's the guy that's trying to hush. He's the guy that volunteers to be a marshal. Uh, they they're, they're trying to get the crowd down, and the Bubba's like, you know what? Forget it. 
And he, and he gives, you know, he kind of raises his arms up. Let's everybody, let's hear it. He wants to hit with noise. And so they're cheering and losing their minds, and he hits a great tee shot. Now they introduce Poulter. And, again, they're trying to hush the crowd for Poulter. And Poulter realizes, A, this isn't going to work. <laughs> and, B, you know what, if he can do it, I can do it. So he raises his arms, and they start re-cheering and screaming, and Poulter hits a great shot. So they can do it. We know they can do it. There's a time when they may have to embrace it. The problem is we're not going to get that problem solved between now and and 5 o'clock Pacific time when they expect this thing to end today. So I hope it's not an issue today. I hope the golf tournament is not decided because of it. Yeah, I certainly hope that the fans are energetic. Um, I hope that they are vocal. But I hope that they do not disrupt anybody's golf swing. So say whatever you want before the guy hits. Say whatever you want after the guy hits. But let the guy hit his golf shot today. Yeah. And, and, you know, we could have a technical solution to this. I mean, I, I could see this. We've already, especially a guy like Bryson, right? He's he's thought of everything, equipment-wise. Uh, you are allowed to play with uh, with earbuds in and listening to music as long as that music isn't to. I forget what the rule says. As long as it's not to provide instruction or uh, eliminate distractions or something like that. I wonder if you're allowed to just play with earplugs in. Because earplugs would pretty much be to eliminate distractions. Yeah, yeah. By by definition, I think that would probably be the case. <laughs> You'd have a hard time saying, this is why I'm doing it, if that's, uh, if that's what the rule says. Just a calming, calming effect for me. It has nothing to do with people yelling Brooksy at me. Let's talk about Bryson DeChambeau for a little bit. And, you know, I think he's just doing it in such an unorthodox way. Um it's, I think it's just amazing what he does to these U.S. Open venues now two years in a row is he's just not doing it the way you're supposed to do it. No. And they said very specifically that the bomb and gouge style of Bryson DeChambeau could not be done at winged foot. And he dominated. He won by, what, six? He just walked away from that field. And they said, well, yeah, well, you definitely can't do it at Torrey Pines. We've got a different grass here. Uh, the Kakuya rough, and he's two shots back. He hasn't walked away from this field, but he's two shots back, and he, he is doing it again. And one of the reasons why he's doing it again is we we said it back in in September. He drives it straighter than you think he does. He's bombing and gouging, but you don't have to gouge if you're hitting the fairway. And he's hitting as many fairways as everybody else. And he's hitting it past everybody else. So at some point, you just got to tip your cap and say, some of this experiment is working for Bryson. Now, what isn't working, or he hasn't, he, the adjustment he hasn't made yet, we, he's gotten close to it, is he has, he's playing himself with some of these big drives into his statistically worst category, which are some of these half-wedge shots. Now, the problem is it's statistically worse compared to his peers. You're talking about playing, and they, they said this at number two. He drove it down there right in front of number two. It's the only par four that's less than 400 yards on the golf course. And he drove it down there, and it was front. It was short and left to the green, but the flag was back left. And, and it was kind of, you know, the green shape shapes around to the left. So he had to come over a corner of the green, and he had this little 40-yard awkward shot. And he kind of chunked it in the center of the green, and he had 40 feet for birdie. And so statistically, from 40 yards, if you hit it to 40 feet, against your peers, which is how they measure these statistics, that's terrible. However, the guys that were hitting three woods back off the tee 
if they missed the fairway, they'd have taken a 40-footer. And that's what Bryson's trying to do. He's trying to compare, you know, is he giving himself a reasonable opportunity versus is he giving himself the opportunity that the best guy on tour from the best position could have given him. He's convinced that his numbers are right, Ollie. I'm not so sure. We've seen him experiment or talk about experimenting possibly with a shorter wedge. Because he's using a wedge that's the length of a six iron with that big grip on it. He just can't simply get the hand action that everybody else can get. Uh, and he used to play this way, so so he can do it, but he doesn't do it. So is it is it too much of a change? Is he going to lose everything he had by trying to change one club? Right now he thinks so. But that's 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 the only criticism that I think really holds water with Bryson, is that he he is playing himself into a statistically worst category with some of these drives. Well, I think you mentioned a word that I think encapsulates my thoughts on this, which is convinced. Bryson has probably the greatest conviction of any golfer maybe in history um, from his swing, from his club setup, from the length of his shafts to course the way, management to course management, the way he attacks mm-hmm. major championships. He believes undoubtedly that what he is doing is the right thing and that what he's doing is better than what everybody else is doing. And it may not be the best, but the fact that he believes it and is convicted so much in it, the results are shown for themselves. He just, he is committed to everything that he does. Yeah, Derek Thomas. What do you uh, what do you think of uh, of Bryson's demeanor? What do you think of the folks yelling at him? What do you think of the fact that he's too back? Well, I think all that's just funny, honestly. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll it rubs me the wrong way. It's it, it's it's funny. So l- let me finish though. I, I don't like watching. I don't like what the way Bryson plays. That's not the way my dad taught me. That's not the way any coach has ever taught anybody. Uh, like. Yesterday, he was on the, the par 5 on the back, I don't know, 13 or 14, and he had put it to the right, and something like that, 13, I think. Um, par 5, he's, in the, he's in, uh, in the rough on the right-hand side, and 99.9% of us pull out a, you know, a 7-iron there, an 8-iron, and we put it to a good number. I, I want to be 110 out. Bryson pulls out a 3-wood and whacks it as close to the green as he possibly can. And it's a little off, off, you know, unsettling for some of us that because that's just not the way. I would never teach my nephews to do that. You know, they, that's not the way you're supposed to play. But it's working. Even if he doesn't win this tournament, we have to admit it's working. He's only two shots back. He has as good a chance to win this tournament as anyone. He's the defending champion. Regardless of how we feel about it, who in the world am I to even question Bryson DeChambeau's approach to the game of golf? Uh, Again, it's not how I learned to play the game. It's not how I've seen people play the game, especially up until Tiger Woods, basically. Uh, But it's working, and and, and it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, you certainly can call his approach to the game of golf unorthodox, but it's hard to call it reckless because he's the only player in the entire field that was bogey-free yesterday in the third round. There you go. First major, his, his first major uh, round ever without a, bo- without a bogey, and he did it uh, on some tough conditions on a very difficult track, and he didn't hardly lay up once, except like he, was, he was stuck on, on a lip of a bunker. That's where the, the uh, crowd was giving him a hard time, saying Brooksy would have gone for it, and even, uh, uh, even Bryson didn't go for that. But otherwise, if he can... 
He simply hits the ball as close to the green as he can. He doesn't care if he's in a bunker. He doesn't care if he's in a rough. And, again, who, who, in, who in the world am I to, to question that approach? Well, I mean, I asked you. <laughs> but I'm glad oh, you okay. didn't want to. Well, there you go. That's how I feel. Yeah, we're on radio. You can question anything. Yeah, question anything you want. When we uh, when we come back, we'll break down this leaderboard. Three players at five under par, and then the big names lined up behind them. Uh, there's one of the three that's at five under that should be a big name, but he just isn't for one reason or another. Ali Dean, Derek Thomas, Father's Day, Sunday of the U.S. Open. It's the golf show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit NelsonElderCareLaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org slash hero. And now it's time for Who's Driving? Brought to you by Ray Judice. If you're facing DUI charges, you need a DUI lawyer who will step up to the T for you. Call Ray Cell at 404-964-4185 to schedule an appointment. All right, well, in this case... It's always Bryson or Tiger. It's not always Bryson or Tiger. In this case, I'm actually entertained by who's not driving. Side story this week. I guess if you're making plans to come to California, based on all the other times here in the last year and a half you've come to California, you've got to prepare different, uh, differently for your nutritional needs. Well, that's what Rory McIlroy's doing. And uh, the funny way this has manifested itself was he's been getting room service Pretty sure he's staying at the lodge, and uh, and he's been eating the same chicken sandwiches he's been getting. I think it's four or five days in a row now, and he keeps doing well. Yes, is uh, the the McElroy family, including his new daughter Poppy, they're at the lodge, which is right there, right up the 18th uh, fairway in the green. Uh, so the quote is: is he's eating apparently the same sandwich from room service five nights in a row, and the quote is: quote. So I'll probably make it six nights in a row. If it ain't it's broke, rotisserie don't chicken. Fix it. Yeah, rotisserie, well, it's also it's it's a rotisserie, rotisserie chicken and avocado. I mean, that's a good sandwich. Yeah, sun dried tomatoes, some good gar- uh, garlic, whatever that word is. After that, that some delicious. whole wheat bread. It's really good. A i o l i is a word. Aioli. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not a word. I'm pretty sure uh, an elementary what, school teacher thought my name was that when I was growing up. So. Aioli Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Oli Dean. Oh, yeah. I, used, I, used to, I used to love the first day of class. Uh, Oli? Oli? Aoli? I'm like, yes. how difficult is Ollie for crying? I got to say, when I you found out. You're supposed to be a college graduate. <laughs> when I found out that Rory and his family are staying in the lodge overlooking the 18th green at Torrey Pines as he's playing in the U.S. Open, I've always wanted to be a professional golfer ever since I was a little kid. 
I really want to be a professional golfer. Like, I mean, how much fun does that sound? I mean, you walk out, you're living on on the course for a weekend as you compete to win a, another U.S. Open, and your family's right there. You wake up, you walk out on the practice green. It just that just sounds so so fantastically fun. Yeah. So that's who's driving. Brought to you by Ray Judice, and the point is, he made smart plans to not drive because you didn't know what you were in for out here. We we you would hope for the best, and we got the best, but you sure can't plan on getting the best. So he made plans uh, to look. Right, let's if we if we can't go anywhere because the last time he was here, you couldn't go anywhere. Let's just stay right there. And he's ordering from room service, and he's gotten hooked on this chicken sandwich, and he's two shots off the lead, and uh, let's let's just keep doing that. And he and has as so good a chance to doing. win this tournament as anyone, would you say? Yeah, well, I would think so. You know, he's also got a he's got a baby in there, so let's. But if we don't have to go anywhere, let's not go anywhere. Now, pleasantly surprised, I'm sure, the fact that they can go places, uh, and I'm sure he's wanted to, and I'm sure he has, but not for dinner. All right, well, uh, let's start. And by on. the way, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that Lodge, uh, $4.50 a night that's, is, that's, is. That's not as much as I would have thought it was, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the basic. I, I, I see a rate where you can get it for 372 a night. There was a story floating around social media about a guy that has that had camera footage of Tiger making the putt, the expect anything different putt from oh. 2008. And he had a room right there by the green that overlooked the green, and they don't build bleachers up on that side. So he had this strange camera angle that nobody else had, and because it's a rudimentary camera and he didn't zoom in, he's got the moment that it goes in, and he's got everybody exploding all at the same time. You know, it's it's really cool footage. It's not maybe not as cool as they said it was, but his whole get this the whole reason he got that room. This is just a regular Joe who is coming to the tournament on Sunday. And couldn't find a place to park. So on the way, as he's sitting in traffic, he called the lodge and asked if he could get a room. And he bought a room. (laughs) How about that? Yeah, that's crazy. I would think those would be pretty exclusive and pretty tough to come by. Yeah, maybe somebody missed the cut that had that and uh, checked out early. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened, Ollie. People Uh, had missed the cut. And there were some rooms that were ready. This was Sunday, so there were some rooms that were ready. And he pay, basically paid $400 for a parking spot. Not just a hat <laughs> rack. Yeah, that's uh, pretty good. All right. Uh, you guys want to talk about this leaderboard. I think that's probably a good idea. Yes, I want to unpack Russ- this leaderboard because I have not been this excited for the Sunday of the U.S. Open in a long time because looking down these names and how close they are to the lead, this is truly anybody's contest going into the final round. All right, Russell Henley, Mackenzie Hughes, Louis Oosthuizen. Did you say Russell Henley? Sorry. I did. Oh, my bad. How about them dogs? Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Uh, So I flew out here. Uh, Uncle Scott Greenstein paid for my plane ticket to come out here. Uh, Paid for, you know, to, to get here in the back of the plane. I decided, because it was a long trip, to pay more than that. And get to the front of the plane. I sat in 4D. Do you want to know who sat in 5D? I'm going to go with Russell Henley. Russell Dadgum Henley. How about them? And I'd love, 
I'd love to say we just chatted it up the whole time, but this plane had the pods, so we just slept the whole time. <laughs> you know, just in the little, you could lay flat, watch movies. I didn't talk to him. He didn't talk to me. But he sat right behind me, and now he's tied for the lead. Well, it's worked well. He's been right up there the entire week, right at the top of the leaderboard. Yeah, I've always yeah. liked Russell's game for U.S. Open simply because he's Solid. a great ball striker, but he's one of the best putters I've ever seen. And I had the uh, fortunate opportunity to to play next to him uh, the old, what was then the Web.com, now the Corn Ferry Stadium Classic when he won that as an amateur. And everything comes out of the middle of the club face with that guy. And he is, we talked about conviction. He's one of the most convicted putters. He looks at it, he sees it, and more often than not, he rolls it in. So on a course that you're going to have to make 15-footers for par, take advantage of the few birdie opportunities you get, I don't know that I'm going to see Russell Henley go anywhere. not saying he's going to win, but I don't see him pulling a a Richard Bland today and shooting 77. It's very exciting for Russell. I mean, uh, most golf fans know who Russell Henley is. He's He's got a few wins on tour. Uh, but your, you know, your average casual golf fan might not know very much of him. This could really be a breakthrough. He's never finished in the top ten at a major. Uh, reg- again, though, he has been an accomplished player. But this would really be, if he can even just crack the top five, he's got a legitimate chance to win. And I'm, I'm, I'm really pulling for him. But if he can just finish with a good number, uh, this is a, a really big, a really big stepping, uh, stepping stone in his career, if you will. Yeah, and, and I think maybe too many times we look at pairings, but I think in majors, pairings matter. And the fact that he's paired with Rory McIlroy today, a guy that he beat in a playoff for one of his three victories down at the Honda, I think it's got to be as comfortable a pairing as you could have for uh, your chance to win a first major of of having some familiarity with the player you're going against and also having success um, at the highest level against him. So. So I look for Russell to have a solid round, but we've got Louis Oosthuizen. Um, he was in our discussion about the PGA Championship when we were convinced Brooks was going to win by five. And and then you got Mackenzie Hughes, who's never made the cut in the U.S. Open, coming out of nowhere, eagling 13 and shooting up the leaderboard with a birdie on 18 to, to get in at five. So so those are our three at five. Um, Brian, anything stand out to you? You think there's there's going to be a chink in the armor for these three, or do you think they're going to stick around until the end today? Well, most of the experts thought five under was going to be a winning score. Uh, Dustin Johnson, even yesterday after the round, said, hey, I told you the beginning of the week I would have taken five and not played. So you get three guys that have all won on tour. Uh, one of them's won a major that are on five, uh, five under par right now. And you're wondering, can any of them even shoot? Can they shoot one under and get to six? And if they get to six, who can catch them? Because the round of the week right now is four under par. Nobody shot better than four under par. Uh, these guys have a two-shot lead. So so I like what you said about Henley. I think he's got a great head about him. Speaking of the experts, we talked about how we don't make picks on this show. Remember, Derek, you were asking me. We were doing the prize picks things, and we love the folks at prize picks. You're like, well, why don't you want to make a pick? It's like, because you can't. Golf's impossible. Yeah, Mackenzie I'm always, Hughes has missed, always trying to pull Hughes has missed his last. Him. He's missed his last five putts. Or, sorry, missed his last five cuts. You, you want to tell me you saw this coming? Nobody saw this coming. The Hughes family didn't see this coming. Uh, so you, you can't see it. And then as, as, as odd as that is, Louis Ustase is one of the most steady performers we've seen in the last, the last year and a half in majors. He was knocking on the door at Kiowa. So you could see that coming. Uh, I don't know. Do you, did you learn the lesson? If, if you're the guy, if you're Louis Ustase and you just had all those chances at Kiowa Island, the one thing you want is an immediate chance to do it again. This is three weeks later. There were only three weeks off in between. 
those two events. And he's right back on the horse, and this time he's tied for the lead heading into the final round. And ain't no Phil, ain't no Brooks that he has to pass. He doesn't have to pass anybody. He's got two guys standing with him, and everybody else is behind him. I'm feeling like this could be uh, this could be Louis Oosthuizen's day. But if not those two, knowing that the round of the week is four under, they've got a two-shot lead. Ollie, how far back do you think we can go? Yeah, I was thinking about that question today. Obviously, I think the ones are in play. And if you look at you know Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, you've got major championships at one. You've got hometown favorite Xander Shoffley at one under. If Xander can make a push, they're they're going to get behind Xander, right? Yeah, no doubt about that. I don't know if the evens are close enough, but then you look at the names, and you've got Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas. Um, you know, Justin Thomas has a history of going pretty deep in major championships. So if one of those guys can get to four or five, um, you know, if they shoot 67 today, I don't know, probably have a slight chance. I just don't see that many people moving backwards. I think there's birdie holes out there and obviously Eagle holes. I mean, how exciting was it yesterday? I mean, Mackenzie Hughes, as we talked about before, Eagles 13 and, and then Louie to get to five under, um, makes a bomb on 18 for Eagle to close the day. And here's a fascinating stat about Louie that, that I had to double check, but you know that he has never won on American soil. Yeah, yeah, I find that shocking, yeah. Yeah, one PGA Tour win. And he won by seven shots when he won the Britishest Open of them all, the most British Open. There there are no more British Opens than the British Open. There's nothing more British than that. It's, really, it's just the Britishest thing ever. Uh, he won it at St. Andrews by seven shots. That's his only PGA Tour win. Yeah, kind of fast. You would think he would have five, six. You wouldn't think that Russell Henley has you know, two more PGA Tour wins than Louis Oosthuizen does. No, you wouldn't. Um, a dark horse I'm looking at, look, you've got John Rahm at two. You've got Matthew Wolf, who's, you know, taking his mental health sabbatical, seems to have everything, you know, back in order. You know, he's a two under. But Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler has snuck himself up to minus two. This is a guy who hits it as far as anyone except maybe Bryson. And if he gets hot with a putter, I mean, he's got a chance. I mean, this is the – and I go back to what you said before. We don't make picks because you just can't. And that's why today is so exciting is, you know, can John Rahm come back from that horrible withdrawal that he had to do at Memorial and, and win a, a major championship? You know, can Dustin Johnson shoot 67 a day, posted five relatively early? He's gone off nearly an hour before the leaders, you know, and, and put a number up there to scare people. Colin Morikawa has – you know, shot the last two rounds under par. I mean, to unpack this leaderboard, we would need two hours. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I just don't. There's too many people for me to think that that three under is going to be the winning score. It's hard for me to even think that four under is going to be the winning score. I think you got to get to at least five. And I feel like at this point you might need six. Because it, is it impossible to think that Louis Oosthuizen at five under is going to go shoot two under today? No, it's not impossible at all. The the course is going to be set up tough. However, I talked about it at the beginning of the show. The marine layer is sitting on top of the golf course right now. It's not as firm and fast as they want it to be. They can't get it firm and fast. Think back to two years ago at Pebble Beach. The wind didn't blow, and the golf course was way softer than they would have liked it. I don't want to say it's soft. No U.S. Open course is ever soft. And this grass out here has got a little extra bounce to it. Uh, no matter what, but it's not what they want. There's there's a good round out there. I don't care where they put the holes. The holes are still four and a quarter inches. The ball is still fit in there. 
in the immortal words of Tim Weinhart, this ball will fit in that fairway. Uh, so they can stretch it out as long as they want. They can tuck the holes wherever they want. They can't hide them from these guys. One of those five under pars, you can't tell me they're all going to shoot over par today. And if one of them shoots one under, you've eliminated everybody but about four people. And and I, I, I feel like you're looking at the fives, you're looking at the threes. Someone's going to have to get to five or six under par if they're going to want to win this U.S. Open. That's what I think. And that really narrows down the cast. So you're saying the top six have a chance. Minus two would be Matt Wolf, John Rahm, Scotty Shuffler. You're saying the ones, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Christian Gazuntide, <laughs> um, Xander Shoffley, <laughs> Kevin Streelman. Christian. Sorry, Christian. <laughs> Thanks for correcting me on that. <laughs> he skipped Bazadenhout, <laughs> and he corrected Ollie on Christian, which you. it isn't. God bless you. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not saying they don't have a chance. I'm saying the the same point you made about Justin Thomas or, or Brooks Kepka. This is going to have to be an all-timer. One of those guys is going to have to get to five or six, which means they're going to have to shoot the low round of the week on Sunday of the U.S. Open. And I hope somebody does because that would be awesome. Could I just ask you, B, uh, BK, uh, as, as a guy that's out there, uh, given the weather and, and the whole locations, would scoring be easier today than it was yesterday? Nope. More difficult today? Yep. There you go. Thank you for your concise answer. You're very welcome. We'll take a break. More from the U.S. Open. Uh, the sun's still not out. It may not be out. The marine layer fog is actually over us, and we're considerably inland. They're not supposed to be playing yet anyway because it's not 7 o'clock in the morning, but I bet it's too thick to play over there. I don't know that I'm going to find anybody that's going to be able to to uh, report on it. And it's just too far away for me to drive over and drive back in the commercial break. <laughs> it's the Golf Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship, and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit NelsonElderCareLaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org hero. Two of Atlanta's best golf experts right here on Atlanta's Golf Station. Now more of The Golf Show with Brian Katrick and Ali Dean on Atlanta's Sports Station, The Fan. Derek Thomas as well, producing for us. I'm out here at Torrey Pines. Ollie and uh, Derek are at the Battery in Atlanta. Let's see, Braves Cardinals got rained out. Are they gonna, what are they going to try to play two today? What are they doing? Any idea? Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, uh, uh, doubleheader, I believe, seven-inning doubleheaders today. Catch them both on the fan. Streaming for there free. There you go. The final round of the U.S. Open here on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day 
to all you fathers out there. Uh, Ollie, the uh, British amateur ended. I don't generally cover extensively the British amateur. Uh, but, uh, but this is a heck of a comeback. A guy named Laird Shepard won. Laird Shepard was seven down, or sorry, eight down through the first 17 holes. They play a 36-hole final. He's eight down to a guy named Monty. Monty was beating Laird. Laird. Uh, eight down through 17. Uh, Laird. Was it Laird? Laird. 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 <laughs> Laird. Laird. Laird was four down with four to go. Four extra holes in one. Could you imagine being the other guy right now? That's going to be a tough dinner. That's going to be hard to swallow. <laughs> you were eight up through 17. Yeah. Yeah, they're engraving your name on the trophy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, so, yeah. Congratulations to Laird Shepard. Can I just, I just wanted to mention real fast, uh, just because you brought up uh, the European tour. How about Mr. Bland, just for a second? What a story. Um, hell, I can't even think of his first name now. Richard. Richard, Richard Bland. Uh, and for those that don't know, longtime journeyman, went to the European tour, was demoted, went down, and then uh, he's 46 or 48. 48. 48, just won his first tournament. Uh, had, a, had, a, had a rough stretch a little bit yesterday, but I mean, what a story. I, I really wanted to see him continue to compete, but um, it's a, a great story nevertheless. Yeah, he had the Ollie ball. Dean. He had the ball solid yeah. all day and just couldn't make anything happen. And then when the wheels came off, the wheels came off. And the U.S. Open is a way of doing that. You know, there's, yeah, he didn't play that poorly. He just, you know, yeah, couldn't put it together. Couldn't put it together. And the U.S. Open, I mean, it is the toughest examination in golf. And, and the great thing about the U.S. Open is you'll have every year some people pop up on the leaderboard for two, maybe three rounds, but. They kind of fall off. So it's a seventy-two hole tournament. Mackenzie Hughes, be careful today. There's a seventy-seven waiting out there for you too. Try oh, and avoid it. Ollie, come on. Just because it's mean doesn't mean it's wrong. <laughs> Just saying. I uh, mean, well, there's a sixty-seven tr- out there for Bryson and, I said and to try to Scotty Scheffler and everybody else. Try to avoid it. I said. I, I didn't no, say I, he was going to get it. I'm mean. just saying there's a. There's a 77 waiting for anybody on the leaderboard if they're not careful. And uh, Mackenzie Hughes had to be a tough night's sleep. Um, sitting on the last group of a major championship um, when you've failed to ever make a cut in the U.S. Open, it's got to be a, a tough night's sleep. But I want to talk about the course. You mentioned a little bit of it, Brian. I love par five finishing holes. I love them. The first tournament I ever went to was the 1994 Bell South Classic at Atlanta Country Club. John Daly pulls driver. The electricity goes through the roof. He ends up winning the tournament. I love the fact that fortunes can change so dramatically on the last hole, especially of a major. Do you like the, do you like the risk-reward par five to finish this U.S. Open, Brian? Oh, my goodness, yes. I mean, the, I don't know if you saw the end yesterday. Russell Henley not only gave the one-fist pump, but the two-fist pumps because he made an eight-footer for par. This is the 18 at Torrey Pines. All we think about is eagles. But Russell Henley was grinding for par because he knew he didn't want to drop a shot on the day. He wanted to shoot even par for the day, and that's what he did, and he was grinding it out. Tee shot out of position, second shot out of position, third shot out of position. All of a sudden, he got an eight-footer for par, and he made it. Yeah, he said in so, his post-round interview he was going to sleep well on that one. Yeah, three is in play, but six is also in play. 
And you got to love that. And if you need to make three and you get a little bold and you hit it short and you hit it in the water, then all of a sudden six and seven are in play. So, yes, it is, it is a great finishing hole. I'm so glad you said that. You think par fives to finish. If it's a chance for a birdie at the end that takes some of the drama out, wrong. That puts a ton of drama in. Ali Dean, what else you got? I got 13. I got another eagle bull. Eagle bull? Say that again. Uh, par five on the back nine. Um, I just love it. And, and I, you know, I love the U.S. Open for what it is, but obviously, well, not obviously, but the Masters is my favorite tournament because there are so many risk reward holes. Um, I think 13 and 18 are going to make today incredibly special. I think those two holes are going to decide the championship. And uh, I think Russell's going to hang around. I think Rory's going to make a run as long as he can stay away from some big numbers. I think we're going to have a hell of a tournament today. Derek Thomas, well done. Thank you. Ali Dean, well done. Thank you. Final round of the U.S. Open later today on NBC Sports and on Sirius XM. Happy Father's Day. Go Braves. Go Hawks. On the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Podcastpark.com is your home for the fans' entire stable of original podcasts. If you're a true Atlanta sports fan, you need to stay connected to shows like Welcome to Madlanta, featuring Atlanta's rich history of sports legends. College football fans will love the Chuck Oliver Show podcast. Two hours of college football talk every day, all year. And baseball fans get to dive into Domino's archive of baseball legends on hardball. Subscribe to all these great shows and so many more anywhere you get your podcasts or stream them free 24-7 at thepodcastpark.com. Presented by Associated Credit Union. Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial, and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust. Tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit NelsonElderCareLaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind. Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org hero. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. 